podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. My name is Scott and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top players to target in Game Week 35 and Game Week 36, the final two weeks of the Dream Team season. Now the reason we're going to be doing two Game Weeks in this episode is because I'm officially going to be on the beach from uh, this weekend, so there will not be an episode next week. So we're going to be covering the final two Game Weeks in this one episode. So let's get started then. Just so you know, we're filming this on Thursday night after the game between Brighton and Newcastle has finished and West Ham's Europa League conference game is now finished as well with West Ham progressing. So we're going to start off by looking at the fixtures, the players to target, and then I'm going to move on to my team updates and plans for the rest of the season. As always, we are going to start with fixtures first, and this is the fixture ticker from ffstuff.co.uk, where you can see which teams have um, the most amount of fixtures from now until the end of the season. And Manchester City, no surprise, are the team with the most fixtures, which is five. They've just beat Real Madrid to get through to the Champions League final. They also have that FA Cup final against Man United. Um, their five fixtures are Chelsea at home, Brighton away, Brentford away, United in the FA Cup final, and then now Inter Milan in the Champions League final. So a massive five fixtures for Manchester City. And you'll go on to see that this is a lot more fixtures than any other club, really. But most clubs only play sort of two fixtures. You've got then Manchester United with four, Chelsea with three, West Ham with three, Brighton with three, and then all of the others just play the two Premier League fixtures. Um, so United's four are Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home, Fulham at home, and then Manchester City in the FA Cup final. Chelsea play just the three fixtures, and they're really tough fixtures too. Man City away, Man United away, and Newcastle at home. So even though Chelsea do have more fixtures than some of the other Premier League clubs, not particularly great. West Ham have gone through to the Europa League Conference Final, so they will have three fixtures now. Um, they face Leeds at home, Leicester away, and then it's not quite decided at the time where I'm recording this. Uh, it's in extra time at the minute. It's Fiorentina or Basel, it looks like they'll be facing. And then Brighton have three fixtures as well. So they face Southampton at home, City at home, and then they finish with Aston Villa away. So Brighton with three fixtures. To break this down a little bit further um, for your transfers, as we're combining two game weeks, in game week 35, we have four doublers. So City play twice. They play Chelsea at home and Brighton away. Chelsea play twice. City away, United away. United play twice. Bournemouth away, Chelsea away, which looks like quite a good double. And then Brighton play Southampton at home and City at home. So two home fixtures for Brighton in the game week 35 double. And then in the final game week of the season, this is a really, really important one because it's going to catch quite a few people out. I see this question popping up a lot on Twitter, in my comments, in my DMs. Um, game week 36 is the final game week of the Dream Team season. And it will throw quite a few people because it extends way past the usual. Obviously, game weeks normally run sort of from Friday through to the following Friday, but this one is an extra long game week and it includes the cup finals. So that's one thing to pay attention to. And another thing to pay attention to is there are no June transfers. There are no more transfers coming. What you have is what you've got, um, which also will 
catch a lot of people out if you haven't been watching previous episodes or you haven't looked at the rules there will be no new transfers given for june um so that being said game week 36 you'll see some doubles and a triple for manchester city because their two finals will fall into this game week 36 we're starting with man city they have brentford away in game week 36 in the last premier league game of the season they then face manchester united in the fa cup final and then they'll face Inter Milan in the Champions League final. So three matches within the same game week on Sundream, which is going to throw quite a lot of people. Then Man United have a double. They have Fulham at home on the last Premier League game of the season. And then they face City in the FA Cup final. And West Ham will also have two fixtures now. So they'll have Leicester um, away from home on the last game of the season. And then they'll face either Fiorentina or Basel in that Europa League conference final. So just to reiterate that again, and I've highlighted it on the screen, um, just to make it super, super clear, no more transfers will be given out by Dream Team. We've had our last allocation, which was the May allocation. Um, if you want to bring players in specifically for the cup finals, say you want to really load up on... Manchester City players for their um, cup finals against Man United and Inter. You will need to bring those transfer that bring those players in at the start of game week 36. So you will need to have the players in your team for that game against Brentford away in the Premier League. Any player that plays that first Premier League fixture or plays any part in that first Premier League fixture. Is going to be locked from that point onwards and you won't be able to bring them in after that so it's really really important that if you do want to have someone for the cup final games at the end of the season they'll have to be in your squad pretty much for that first kickoff at game week 36 and just to show that up on the screen here in the sun dream team match center um, so this is game week 36 you can see um obviously You've got all the usual Premier League games there. Um, I've highlighted Manchester City, for example, because they do have three games. So their first game is Brentford away at 4.30 on that Sunday, the final game of the season. So if you wanted to have Man City players for the final, they play Manchester United on the 3rd of June and then they play Inter on the 10th of June. You'll have to have those Man City players in your squad for that Brentford game just because if they do play any part in that Brentford game they will be locked and you won't be able to bring them in so yeah that's just one really important thing to consider if you do want to have players available for those final fixtures and the same with Man United as well if you if you wanted to have I don't think it looks as appealing but if you wanted to have Manchester United players transferred in ready for that Man City FA Cup final you'll have to do it before their game against Fulham. I hope I've made that as clear as possible, but any problems, leave a comment below on this video and I'll try to answer you there. Before we get started with the top players to target from now until the end of the season, if you're not subscribed already, please do consider subscribing to the channel to get kept up to date with all the latest Sun Dream Team content. I've got a lot of plans for the off season heading into next season, 
helps get as prepared as possible for the next Dream Team season. So you'll get kept up to date with all of that as well. And if you're listening on Spotify, please do consider giving us a follow on there. So we'll start with Manchester City, seeing as they have five fixtures, the most fixtures of any team. Um, on a ridiculous run, it looks like the, the title's wrapped up. They've just demolished Real Madrid as well, which I wasn't expecting it to be as convincing as that. 4-0 against Real Madrid. Um, and it looks like they're on for the treble as well. So, yeah, a ridiculous season for Manchester City. Um, obviously, as an Arsenal fan, not great to see. But what can you do? They are really, really good. Um, so with them having five fixtures um, and, and potentially having the title wrapped up in this Chelsea game, or it could even be before the Chelsea game if Arsenal um, don't... I think it's if Arsenal don't beat Nottingham Forest, uh, City could finish the title before they even start I think it is but anyway um, although City do have five fixtures remaining from now until the end of the season there are going to be big big rotation question marks because if they do clinch that title in the next game they're going to have two fixtures in between which that aren't that important and then they have two cup finals that are obviously going to be huge so there will be massive massive rotation but there is massive rotation anyway with City a lot of the time so I'm going to give you my thoughts on the rotation first. So game week 35, they've got a double. They've got Chelsea at home, Brighton away. In 36, they then have a triple game week. So they have Brentford at um, Brentford away in the Premier League. It's going to be kind of a nothing game. They then have Man United in the FA Cup and Inter in the Champions League final. Now I've highlighted this Chelsea game, the first game I've highlighted. I think they're going to go near enough full strength, in my opinion, for this game. The only exception is I sort of see them maybe swapping um, Mares and Foden in for Bernardo Silva and Grealish. Uh, the reason is I just think that it will be a massive, massive, um, or it'd do them a massive favour if they can get that title wrapped up as quickly as possible. If they can go near enough full strength. Beat Chelsea convincingly. They probably could beat Chelsea anyway without their full strength team. But if they can beat Chelsea convincingly, get the title wrapped up, they then have two games that aren't that important with Brighton and Brentford in the Premier League and the title already wrapped up. I've highlighted the Chelsea one. And so I think that one could be the one that's most likely to have near enough full strength, maybe apart from Mares Foden, but it's not really a downgrade. Then I think the Brighton and the Brentford game could be the ones where we see the most rotation. And then we have the two cup finals. Now, although I say there'll be quite a lot of rotation in the Brentford and Brighton games, I still do think they've got enough players that they'll probably do some sort of half and half team because they are going to want to keep um, their best players ticking over. They're not going to want to leave Haaland for three games, keeping him fresh for the final. They're going to want, ha want to have all of their best players on top form and firing still. So they'll give them rests but they will want to keep them ticking over. So I think Chelsea will be near enough full strength. Brighton and Brentford, we might see some sort of half and half rotation in my opinion. Then we have the Man United and the Inter games where they're going to obviously be as full strength as they can be in these ones. I expect these to be near enough the same lineups as we saw against Real Madrid. The only possible differences that I might see is obviously Bernardo Silva done brilliantly against Real Madrid. I think they sort of play Bernardo Silva in those games where they need a lot more discipline, like the Bayern game and the Real Madrid game. Games where the teams are a real big threat. 
think they might potentially look at Man United and Inter. They're not gonna they're not gonna take them for granted or anything like that. But I might see those games as games where Mares potentially could come in a bit more attacking than Bernardo. Maybe they don't need as much control. Um, obviously, whatever Pep does is always pretty difficult to predict. But that's just how I see that going. Now, after that little waffle about the fixtures. Um, Man City is a really hard one because they have so many, so many good players to target. Now, it looks like I've listed the whole bloody squad here um, compared to other teams where there's going to be one or two players to target. But with Man City, there are so many viable options. I'm, I've sort of ranked them in order. So I've got the attackers and midfielders and I've ranked them in order of how good I think they'd be to own. And then I've split it and done the same with the defenders. So Haaland's right up there as the top. He's obvious. Everyone's got him at the minute. But I still think that Haaland starts three or four of these five games. And the reason is I think they're going to want to keep getting these records for him. Um, I know Pep isn't going to really care about Haaland's records, but I don't think they're going to want him to be off the boil. He didn't get a goal in against Real Madrid in either of the fixtures. Um, so they are going to want to keep him on form ticking along. He will get a few rests here and there. He might get the 60 minutes or the 45 minutes if they wrap up games. But I still think personally that Haaland might get three or four starts in this run of five. Um, then Kevin De Bruyne. Again, I think pretty much everyone owns De Bruyne at this point. Um, he got two assists against Real Madrid, which again is ridiculous. He has 28 assists for the season um, and 10 goals as well. I think Kevin De Bruyne probably plays three or five. Again, he's going to play both of those finals and he'll probably play, I think, maybe the Chelsea game or one of those three, Chelsea, Brighton or Brentford. The only thing that I'm going to mention about Kevin De Bruyne, and I don't know anything about it, but I saw quite a few clips of Thierry Henry um, talking about he'd spoke with Kevin De Bruyne and he's got some personal issues going on at the minute. Um, he looked emotional after he scored one of the goals as well. Um, so. Maybe, maybe they forced him through this sort of Real Madrid game while we had these personal issues going on, which I don't really know about. Maybe they'll give him a little bit of time off um, and then keep him fresh just for those finals. Maybe give him one game and then the two final games. So that's only one thing that I would maybe consider, whatever this personal issue is. I doubt we'll even find out, but that is one thing to keep an eye on. Um, maybe don't panic if he does miss a couple um, then Mares. So Mares obviously didn't play or didn't start that Real Madrid game, but he's still a really, really good pick. Um, he hits massive numbers intermittently throughout the season, 4.5 points per game. I can see him getting returns in this Chelsea game. I think he's probably going to start this Chelsea game. And in these in-between games, Brighton and Brentford, um, I think he's got a good chance of scoring some points in those ones. And then we'd imagine that maybe Bernardo would be trusted for the Man United game or the Inter game. I think seeing as he's got them through those Champions League um, semi-finals and quarter-finals, he probably will be starting that Champions League final. But maybe Mares could get the Man United game. I'm not so sure. Um, but I do think Mares is still going to have plenty of opportunities to get points. So he's a really good pick still. Alvarez is a tricky one. Um, Alvarez is, has got a lot more popular in a few teams recently just because of the sheer volume of fixtures he's been playing in that sort of central midfieldish role with uh, De Bruyne where they can get forward behind Haaland um, and he's been doing really well come on for about five minutes against Real Madrid and still scored a goal so he's still a really good pick um, and he's going to have the fixtures over Kane 
overseller. There is going to be a decision to make, but I'll come on to that one later. But I still think he's a really good pick. He's got 15 goals and six assists. Phil Foden. I'm feeling a bit less confident about Phil Foden, and I have got him in my main team at the minute. But he definitely doesn't seem to be firing like some of the others. I think Mares is a bit better than Foden at the moment. Grealish is obviously first name on the team sheet right now um, in those sort of wing winger spots. Still, still doesn't seem as clinical as Foden overall, but he is more favoured. So I'm going to put Foden up there just because I think he might get the Chelsea game. And he's probably going to get a lot of minutes in that Brighton-Brentford game. I wouldn't expect Foden to start in these cup finals, though. He just doesn't seem that uh, match fit at the moment. So I think he'll probably still go on to play three or five. I don't think he's essential at this point. Now, I'm actually going to put Gundogan above Grealish. And I think Grealish is obviously a lot more popular at this moment. But Gundogan is the man of the moment. He's got four goals, two assists in his last five. And 38 points from his last five as well. So he's, he's a real big game player at the minute. He's pretty much um, in that Everton game. He just scored some ridiculous goals in that one. Um, just such a big game player. And he could potentially leave at the end of the season. I think rumour is that he could be going to Barcelona. You like rumours that he might be going to Arsenal, but I think every Man City player that's on the way out gets linked with Arsenal at the minute. Um, but I do think that Gundogan, he might get a few rests here and there, but he's, I think Gundogan's definitely going to be on the team sheet for those two cup final games. He might even get that Chelsea game. So if you are looking for a bit of a, more of a budget pick in that midfield, you maybe can't afford all of the midfielders from City. 3.6 million, might go up a little bit by this by this episode going out 3.6 million that's a ridiculous price for Gundogan on the form that he's on so I think he's a pretty good pick as well I'm then going to go with Grealish um and now that's quite far down the pecking order for Grealish because he's been doing really well 5.4 million he is going to be included in the team sheet for those big games I expect him to start for both of the finals and probably the Chelsea game but with Grealish he loves a party doesn't he he loves a party he loves a celebration if they win the title in that Chelsea game, he's going to be too hungover to play the Brighton game. Might even be too hungover for the Brentford game. He might come off the bench. Might come off the bench hanging a little bit for that Brentford game. But yeah, I wouldn't be bringing in Greedish specifically at this point now. Um, he is a good pick still. But we're in party season now. We're in party season. And I'm, I'm not so sure if I'd be picking Greedish at this point. He's still better than... If you have any players that aren't going to be playing this volume of fixtures then I think Grealish would be above them but out the City midfielders be the most disciplined I'm not so sure so great player but it's party time I'm going to put Grealish down down the pecking order at Man City at the minute and then Bernardo Silva um he's down the bottom but he had a great performance against Manchester uh, against Real Madrid sorry so he got 18 points two goals and it just it just shows you the difference, doesn't it? When in title races, in big games, Bernardo, he's been on the fringe really this season, but he's just come in for this for this final and he's he pretty much won the game for them with those two goals. Um, 2.9 million. Um, ridiculously cheap. And so he's a really good budget pick. If you are wanting someone that might play quite a few fixtures, probably not going to play them all. But if you do want someone that's going to play more fixtures than some of the other Premier League players, Bernardo at 2.9 million. He could be one that you fit in if you are looking for a bit of a budget pick. 
I promise we're not going to go on this long about any of the other teams. It is just because Man City have fire fixtures. They have the best players. And they're going to win everything. So now on to the defenders. Diaz, 6.5 million. Um, I'm going to put him up the top for City defenders. Now at 6.5 million, that price doesn't really feel worth it. It, it doesn't really chip in with attacking returns that much. He's not like a Trent or one of these attacking builders. But... He does seem like he's the mainstay in that City defence um, and probably the first name on the team sheet. He's going to be playing in those cup finals, both of them, without doubt, unless he's injured. Um, he might get a few rests here and there, but he seems less injury prone than some of the others as well. So I think he's probably the first pick out of the defence. I'd then say Akanji at 4.4 million. I think he's likely to get the most minutes out of anyone at the minute with Ake being out or potentially out a bit longer still. Um, Akanji seems to be covering on that left side. He can play in the middle. He can play on the right if um, if Stones isn't available. So he's the most versatile, I think, at the minute out of those City defenders. And he probably will get the most minutes. So I'm going to say Diaz, then Akanji. Stones at 6 million has been brilliant. They're going to wrap him in cotton wool now. He might get Chelsea. or He might get rotated for that one. I expect out of the Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford that... Maybe he only gets sort of one game or one game and a sub appearance. And then they'll want to keep Stones definitely fresh for those two cup final games, I think. Kyle Walker, I'd have him down as both cup finals and then maybe one in between. Might play that Chelsea game. If Chelsea decide to line up with Mudrick on the left, he's absolutely rapid. So maybe they'll go with Kyle Walker on the right to counter Mudrick. But I don't think they'll be that concerned as they were with like a Vinicius, for example. Um... Then I'm going to say Aki right down, right down the bottom, just because I don't know if he's fit or not yet. 5.4 million for him. Um, but if he is fit to maybe play the Chelsea game or two of the others, I think they probably will be in a rush to maybe give him some minutes in those um, Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford games with a hope that he could maybe go on to play one of those cup finals. Then lastly, Laporte and Lewis. They're just not for me at the minute. I think we will probably see them have quite a few minutes in these last few games, but I don't think it's worth bringing them in at this point. Right, now on to another Manchester club, Manchester United, who also have quite a few fixtures or more compared to the other teams. Man United have four fixtures remaining. They have Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home, Fulham at home, and then Manchester City in that FA Cup final at Wembley. So the big question mark is going to be, over Marcus Rashford in my opinion so previously I had plans to bring him in but obviously he had that injury so he hasn't been available for the last couple of games but this week he has been spotted back in training um, playing some football tennis or foot tennis whatever you want to call it um, so he might potentially be back for that Bournemouth game or back for both games in that double game week which is really really appealing but with Haaland being a pretty much a, a permanent spot in all of our teams, probably going to be a question mark. Rashford versus either Kane or Salah. Now, Rashford, if he is fit, could have four fixtures versus Kane and Salah, who both have two fixtures. The only difference is Rashford's a question mark. Will he, won't he be fit? And then what sort of form is he going to be in compared to Kane and Salah? Because Kane and Salah are really in good form at the minute. Um, they're hitting real big numbers. So it's kind of a question between do you go for Rashford that's back from injury, maybe a little bit out of form, or a Kane or Salah for one fixture each game week. 
who are in good form. You you kind of expect Kane and Salah to score in every game at the moment. Um, that is the big question mark. So I'm having a little look at their averages, um, last five averages, and then trying to have a look at what they might hit across this period. Now, obviously, can't predict it. Kane and Salah, they could get hat-tricks at any point. Um, Rashford could get get a brace could get a hat trick or he could blank or he might not even start so there's a lot of question marks but marcus rashford his last five games he's got an average of 3.8 versus kane in his last five games he's got an average of 8.2 and salah last five 6.6 .6. so over their last five games kane and salah are way ahead of rashford for the whole season um they are pretty similar. So for the season average, Rashford 5.5, Kane 5.6, Salah 5.6. But on form at the moment, Kane's last three is 7.7. .7, Salah's last three is 8.3. So on form, Kane and Salah are hitting big, big numbers at the minute. Rashford not so much. Now, if we try and... I mean, this is not... This is not really good maths or good good fantasy planning really at all but say Rashford does play all four fixtures and he hits his usual last five of 3.8 in four fixtures he's going to come up with about 15 points Kane in two fixtures based on his last five could hit 16 points so a real tough decision it's almost like a flip of a coin really Rashford four games Kane two games there's no guarantee that Rashford plays four games. So I'm finding this a really, really tough decision. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, to be honest with you. Um, and then Salah is similar as well. So based on his last five, if we just assume that Salah replicates that for his next two fixtures, he could hit 13 points. So 15, 16, 13. There really isn't in it based on the averages. But there is that kind of factor that there could be braces or there could be hat tricks coming in there at some point so it really is a big decision to make harry kane has got brentford at home and leeds away so those fixtures look good and then salah has villa at home and southampton away um now salah's got a really really good home record at the minute southampton are relegated so again it's a really really big tough call i think you may have to consider what your position is in mini leagues how much you're planning to catch up or hold your ground you might just want to if you're at the top you might just want to cover or copy what your opponent's doing or if you're behind and if everyone's got Kane and Salah in your leagues and you're behind you might just want to go for the Rashford option feels a bit more risky but with four games there could be more potential there honestly I can't call it between these three and I think it just maybe depends on you're trying to copy your copy your competition or make up some ground i find it a really really tough call at the minute and you'll see later on because i've got kane and salah currently you'll see later on in this video what my decision will be but honestly it's a really really tough call in my opinion so also let me know in the comments below if you think it's an easy call let us know who you're going for you'll find out later who i'm going for onto a manchester united decision that i find a lot easier bruno fernandez I think I'm going to be sticking with Bruno Fernandes. He's in my team, and I think I'd even be willing to bring him in if I didn't have him. I think Bruno Fernandes probably starts all of these games. He'll obviously start the final. 
I expect him to probably start all of the Premier League games as well. I think he's a really good pick. He's back playing at number 10. And he's someone that I think I would be bringing in. He's less of a rotation risk by far than any of the City midfielders. So for that reason, I do think that Bruno Fernandes is a really, really good pick. Someone who I'd also be considering maybe bringing in if I didn't have City defenders already and I didn't have Man United defenders already. I was maybe taking out an Arsenal defender or someone that only plays two games. I'd definitely be considering Luke Shaw at this point. Um, he's back at left back, it looks like. Now Varane is back fit. Looks like Luke Shaw is going to be playing off that left back position and there's much more chance that he's going to be getting back in return. So it doesn't seem like there's that much rotation either. So I think Luke Shaw is a really good pick. Um, and then also on defence, David De Gea, if you haven't got a keeper that's playing a lot of fixtures, I think he's a really, really good option as well. Obviously, Edison could potentially have five fixtures, but he hasn't been playing those FA Cup games. Um, so if you minus the FA Cup game off Edison's run, um, that's five down to four. Um, and then if they decide to give Scott Carson a little run out, so uh, he's justified earning his medal or anything like that, um, that's even less fixtures. So I doubt that will happen. But all I'm saying is I don't think there's that much between Edison and Man United at the minute. And actually, Man United seem to be keeping more um, clean sheets in a minute as well. I know Man City have had a good week for clean sheets, but along with Liverpool, Manchester United have been pretty good at keeping clean sheets recently. Other than De Gea and Luke Shaw, um, if you do have any other Manchester United defenders, I probably wouldn't be in a rush to take them out. I think their fixtures look good. They've got a couple home games in there. Bournemouth away isn't the worst fixture. So unless you're desperate to get Manchester City defenders in your team, I think you're perfectly fine just to keep your Man United defence. Right, on to West Ham. So West Ham have three fixtures, but I'm not going to spend that much time on them. They did get a 3-1 aggregate win against AZ Alkmaar and progressed to the Europa League Conference Final. This will be on the 7th of June in Prague. Um, they also have Leeds at home and Leicester away. Moyes has shown that He's fine leaving out his uh, big players in preparation for these European games. And I expect they probably will rotate heavily for that Leicester game on the final game of the season. So I kind of see that these three fixtures as potentially being two fixtures. Pretty safe in the Premier League, I think, at this point. So it's all going to be on that Europa League conference final. Um, and then the only two players that I'd really be looking to target really from West Ham could be Antonio or it could be Bowen but Antonio's got a blank and it did not play in his last two fixtures and Bowen's got five points from his last five games so an average of one point a game isn't really impressive at all and if you consider that he might not play Leicester he might just play Leeds I think you'd be better off going with a City midfielder maybe Bruno Fernandes if you can afford him or maybe even take a punt on a team that's got better fixtures better form and plays just the two so I think I'd rather maybe even rather go for an Arsenal midfielder than a Bowen at this point in time so I'm not going to spend too much time on West Ham at this point the only other thing I'm going to mention as well which has been ridiculous all season but this is being recorded about 15 minutes after the West Ham game suck saying it's the 89th minute suck saying it's nil nil um, and West Ham actually went on to win 1-0. So again, the ratings look ridiculous. There's not many points being thrown about. I really do wish they had to sort out this Europa League conference um, format on Sundream Team. Then coming on to Brighton, who have three fixtures remaining from now to the end of the season. They face Southampton at home at the Amex, Man City at the Amex, and then they have Villa away at Villa Park. 
Um, so three fixtures. They have a double in game week 35, which is that Southampton and City game. So a double at home. But as fun as Brighton have been this season and as good as they've been, I'm starting to go off of targeting them at the minute. Um, and the reason is they're just really inconsistent. So they battered my team, Arsenal, 3-0 last, uh, last game, which was a really, really good performance. So beat Arsenal. Then they lost 5-1 against Everton. That Wolves game, a little bit a little bit earlier on, they rested, rotated quite heavily for that Wolves game. And a load of the points got scored from players who you wouldn't have expected. Zerbi is not worried about rotating his team heavily. Um, and he did leave a few key players out today as well. So uh, McAllister was benched for the Newcastle game. He did come on. But ultimately, he went on to lose 4-1 against Newcastle. So they really are an up and down side at the minute. They're either battering teams or they're getting battered at the minute. Um, and for me, I just think I'd rather go with someone a little bit safer or that has more fixtures. Um, there's no guarantee now. If you are to bring in a Matoma or a McAllister, there just is no guarantee that they are going to play three of the three fixtures. Um, you had Solly March, McAllister and Matoma as the three players that were Pretty much we were deciding on throughout the season. Looks like Matoma probably did win that battle with March getting an injury. McAllister getting benched. But then Matoma started the majority of the games and his points have dried up as well. So there are really no um, guarantees with this Brighton squad of players that are playing really well at the minute. So for that reason, I'm probably going to be sticking or moving away from Brighton. And looking more towards Man City and Man United, to be honest with you. Or you could do again, do the same. Look for a player that has two fixtures. That are two really good fixtures on paper. I'm going to mention Arsenal soon as well. Because they do have two good fixtures on paper. But we'll have to see how they bounce back. But ultimately, I think I'd be avoiding Brighton. Just for the fact that they rotate quite a lot. And you're not guaranteed to have your players start. Now on to Chelsea. So... They have just the three fixtures remaining. I'm highlighting them because they do have the extra fixture over most clubs or some clubs. Again, it's been a really, really poor season for Chelsea. I won't be targeting any of their players, to be honest with you. Um, but if you were really struggling in your mini leagues or are looking for someone completely different or you're just having a little bit of fun at this point and your season doesn't really matter too much to you, I think potentially... You could have a look at Raheem Sterling, 3.4 million. He got two goals this game week, two goals against Nottingham Forest and 18 points. It does seem like Lampard favours him. Um, he's probably just about the only player that I would consider choosing for Chelsea at this point. But it probably is if you're looking for a differential, if you're chasing or if you're just having a laugh, to be honest with you. So Sterling at 3.4 could be someone to consider. but. Defensively, Chelsea have been poor. I wouldn't be looking at any of their defenders. They face Man City, Man United and Newcastle. So three ridiculously tough games. Just isn't. Now on to Newcastle. So they have two fixtures remaining. And they had a really, really good result against Brighton tonight with a 4-1 win. Um, and now I saw a stat that Opta has them as a 94% chance now of getting Champions League. So it's pretty much in the bag. Um, two fixtures remaining though, so they haven't got the fixtures there really. They've got Leicester at home in their next game, and then they have Chelsea away in the game after that. So still two fairly good fixtures. 
and they're hitting really big numbers in terms of goals as well. So Wilson looks like the best player to target if you did want to have a Newcastle striker, or if you've got him already, you'll definitely want to keep him. Uh, 4.7 million, he got 27 points this game week. Um, so if you did bring him in um, for that double, I know we mentioned him in the last episode as a player to target for the double, but it has been a great week for him. So three goals, one assist, and two star man awards for him. So he's been a ridiculous player to have. Probably a game changer for some people's seasons. So let us know if you've got him. But if you've got him already, I probably would hold. Um, or if you are chasing, he's a really good differential to have. So obviously, if there is a player that you could get in with more fixtures, I think it would make more sense. In terms of form, he's a really, really good player to have. Isak, on the other hand, um, was a bit of a toss-up between the two, but Wilson really has come out on top. So Isak, he looked like a better pick for minutes, but he's, uh, Wilson's played the last two and done really, really well. So Wilson's probably moved ahead of Isak at this point. And then the last person I'm going to say is Kieran Trippier. He's been poor recently, um, but he got two assists tonight. Um, he's in double, double figures for assists now. That was his 10th assist of the season. Um, and if you are maybe looking for a differential, you're chasing and your um, your rival's got full city, for example, you're not going to want to copy him. So maybe you want a Trent or maybe you want a Trippier, someone that could have um, attack in return. Trippier was putting in some great free kicks and crosses from corners tonight. So maybe, just maybe he could hit double figures, for example. So again, the fixtures aren't there, but potentially as a differential, he could be okay. Now on to Liverpool then. So they just have two games remaining, but they just cannot stop winning. So uh, they've won the last five. I think they've won even more than that, actually. Um, won their last seven games and unbeaten in 10 now for Liverpool. And the massive decision is going to come around Mohamed Salah. We've mentioned it previously. He has less fixtures than an Alvarez, than a Rashford. But he's just in ridiculous form at the minute. So what do you do? Um, that's the decision. I think he's a perfectly good hold. Um, and I might end up holding him. I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. But he scored nine goals in a row at Anfield. And his next game is at Anfield against Aston Villa. Now, the big problem with Salah is, although he does have two fixtures left, he could quite easily hit braces, hat-tricks, Massive, massive hauls. Um, and I just know the minute I take him out, he could end up doing that. So I had a look back. Um, and the times he's hit double figures this season, he's hit double figures 10 times this season. And that includes a 23-pointer, a 21-pointer, and a 15-pointer. So just because he has two fixtures remaining doesn't make him a bad pick. He could quite easily get a hat-trick or a massive haul. So there is no right or wrong answer. It's just predictions. But he could be someone that goes on to hurt you if you do take him out. Look at those fixtures as well. Aston Villa at home. And then last game of the season, they play relegated Southampton. So if I do end up taking him out, it's going to be like a hide behind the sofa time. And then I'm going to mention Trent Alexander-Arnold. So... While I don't think it's as damaging to take Trent out as it would be to take Salah out, he has hit 13-8-13 in his last three games. He scored that ridiculously good free kick in the last game against Leicester. 
Um, I think that same routine. Um, he almost or almost scored one earlier in the season, but it ended up hitting Henderson in the head. Um, so Trent, really, really good pick since he went into that midfield role. And quite possibly, although he has the two fixtures, the idea is that it's Trent with two fixtures versus a Man City defender with five. And there's no guarantee that any of these, and I doubt any of these City defenders will actually play five. At best, they'll probably play three or four fixtures. And can Trent match or better those City defenders? I think he probably can. Um, I think I probably would be more keen to move Trent out first than I would Salah. But three clean sheets in a row now for Liverpool. It will be a hard one to move on. And I think I probably will keep him for this... Uh, for this next fixture at least and then make a decision in 36 but i'll come on to that when we get to my team updates um, as a big differential you might want to go for a defensive double like i said three clean sheets in a row now so they really have turned a corner in, at uh, in their defense a defensive double if i did go for one i'd go for virgil just because he's more likely to get those attacking returns either virgil or um robertson and then if you really are chasing or trying to do something a bit dramatic right at the end um, you could maybe have a striker punt, a, a Gakpo or a Jota. Not for me. I'm not going to do it. But the option is there. They are two good fixtures on paper, Villa and Southampton. Rounding up these players to target with the two North London clubs. And we'll start with the best North London club, Arsenal. They have two fixtures remaining. But it has been a, a disappointing week with that 3-0 loss against Brighton. Um, the title races. Fizzled out with a whimper, really. I was feeling quite positive with the Chelsea result and the Newcastle result. But that Brighton one really was a kick in the teeth. Uh, I honestly do think, this is how I felt watching the Man City game. When Man City dispatched of Everton um, really easily, I kind of felt a bit deflated. Um, a little bit like I'd given up hope on the uh, title race, even though it was pretty much over anyway. But it looked like that's how the players felt as well. Um, a really, really poor performance against Brighton. Now, the question mark is, in terms of dream team, how will Arsenal respond? Now, it could either go two ways. The heads could drop and it could be season over and not very many more points for Arsenal. Or it could go the other way, that the pressure is off. In their eyes, the title race could be pretty much done. And the handbrake could be off a little bit. And we might see a few batterings with two good fixtures. Nottingham Forest and Wolves. Um, at Wolves' last game of the season, it could be could be pumping as well. I think overall, although it has been a disappointing week, by that last fixture, I do think the Arsenal fans will be um, quite appreciative of the really, really good season. And I think they might turn it on for that one. So, Saka, I'm going to start with him. Um, he's looked really, really tired um, the last few games. He's... Last return came five games ago against Southampton. So, to be honest, I don't think he's a really good pick at the minute. And I actually wouldn't really be picking any of these Arsenal players right now. Um, it would really be a punt. I'm not going to be bringing any in for certain. But Saka is looking tired at the minute. So, if you have got transfers, I probably would move him out. But if you haven't, or you've got other fires, maybe just keep him in for these two. The fixtures are looking okay. And it doesn't look like Arteta's going to drop him. Um, Gabriel Jesus, he could be another punt. I can see goals in this next two, and I don't see us starting the Ketia over Jesus. But I think he probably does start two games. Um, but again, if you've got the transfers there, I think I would be going elsewhere. Same applies to Erdegaard, really. 
Um, and the only other person that could be a little bit different is Trossard. Because Martinelli's now out injured, um, kind of a weird game for Martinelli, that Brighton one. So he, I think he was lucky not to get sent off, really, for absolutely clattering Matoma right at the start. But then in good fashion, I mean, everyone wants their teammate to look out for him. Caicedo absolutely wrecked Martinelli with a dirty tackle. Um, and then Martinelli was seen in a protective boot after the game. So uh, Caicedo apologised. But this could be a good opportunity for um, Trossard to step up. And we do know he can score quite a few goals. So I do think that Trossard could be um, a bit of a punt potentially. But he does take up one of those striker spots. So we've got to run the houses with it a little bit. But Arsenal players at this point are a punt. Just the two fixtures. They're good fixtures on paper. Um, they could be a lot of goals in those games, but I do think there's better options elsewhere. Then on to Spurs. Um, and again, mostly just Harry Kane. Uh, looking at their fixtures here, so form is so bad as well. One win in their last five, conceding a lot of goals. But the one consistent throughout this is Harry Kane. Hitting ridiculous numbers still this season. Um, his form is brilliant. He just seems to score every single game, no matter what the result is. Um, so, again, we've mentioned it previously when talking about Salah, when talking about Rashford. I think it's perfectly fine to keep Harry Kane for that home game against Brentford. They're the early kickoff. Um, or even for that Leicester game, uh, for the Leeds game, sorry, at Ellen Road. I think there's every chance that he scores one in every game here till the end of the season or even multiple in these games so again i think he's a good pick the big decision is do you want to swap him for a player that's going to have more fixtures and then because i mentioned harry kane pretty much every episode alone i'm going to throw son in there again it's a massive massive punt but maybe if your rivals have a template team uh, maybe they've got kane Salah, harland or someone's got alvarez or someone's got rashford maybe you could go as a differential with Son potentially, but I'm not going to be doing it. I'm not fancying. Right, that is my players to target for the next two game weeks. Now we move on to my team updates. Um, if you took anything from the last section, please do leave a like on this YouTube video. Um, I'm going to start off with my vlog team, and it's been a decent week. Just under 100 points for this game week. I've got 98 points for the game week. Now my total is up for 2,516. And my rank has improved a little bit again. So from 385th in the world to 339th overall. Can I dip in under into the 200s? Uh, that's the question. My target at the start of the season was uh, to get in the top 1,000. My best ever finish has been, I think it was 465. And so I'm on for my best ever finish. Got four transfers left out of the five as well. So I'm in a pretty good position. Um, hopefully I can keep pushing on, but it is going to be tough with just a few game weeks left. So my team for the week, David De Gea got me five points. Kanji got a massive 21 points. Um, that Real Madrid game was a bit of a result because he was initially given an assist, uh, an assist for an own goal, but they did go back and change it to an Akanji goal. So a massive 21 points for Akanji, uh, not one you expect. Brent, I mentioned him earlier in the video, 13 points, and he's been massive since I brought him in. I've been really happy with how Trent's finished the season. And then John Stones with just the five points. But the five points against Real Madrid, which not many would have predicted a clean sheet against Real Madrid. It's really weird how Man City have ended up doing this. Um, 
They've not been keeping clean sheets that regularly, but clean sheet against Bayern, clean sheet against Real Madrid really is quite strange. So five points for John Stones, 10 points for Bruno Fernandes, seven points for De Bruyne, five for Mares, and five for Foden. Mares and Foden both playing in that Everton game, but not starting the Madrid game. Then up front, Salah with nine points, Kane with seven, and Haaland with 11. So that is 98 points all out this game week. Now, what are my moves going to be from now until the end of the season? Automatically, I'm looking at this team, and I think it's quite well set up. Obviously, Man City have got the most fixtures, and I've got quite a lot of City players in here. Akanji, Stones, De Bruyne, Amaris, Foden, Haaland. Quite a lot of Man City coverage. Um, De Gea's got plenty of games. Bruno's got plenty of games, so I'm not worried about them too. The main people I'm worried about is Trent, Kane, and Salah. Because each of these players only play two fixtures now till the end of the season. But what makes it a bit of a headache is that they're all playing really, really well. So Trent, I was going to take Trent out for a City defender. The problem I'm having is I can't see the City lineup as Liverpool play first. So looking at Liverpool, um, their next match is at home against Aston Villa. And there's potential that City do have rotation. So any City defender I pick in this double game week for City, I don't think there's a guarantee that they play twice. Um, so I think I'm going to stick with Trent Alexander-Arnold for this game week. Just because I know he's going to start. And he's probably just going to play the same amount of minutes. Maybe a little bit less than, say, if I bought in a, a Diaz, for example. Um, there's no guarantee Diaz plays twice. And then Trent can get goals, he can get assists. Um, 13 points is a ridiculous return. So I think we're just going to stick with Trent for one more week and then make a decision in game week 36. Hopefully I won't have had too many margaritas on holiday and I will be able to make my transfers from where I am. Um, so I'm going to probably stick with Trent for game week 35. Salah. He's got Villa at home, and we know that Salah's got a really good goal-scoring record at home. I think nine consecutive home games he's scored at. Um, so I'm more than happy to keep Kane, uh, to keep Salah, and I'm more keen on keeping Salah than I am keeping Kane. I think Liverpool have got more potential to score multiple goals in a game than Spurs do at the minute. So Salah over Kane for me at this point. Again, I think I'm going to keep Salah for one more week, game week 35. Now, I'm starting to wonder, am I ever going to use all my transfers? Now, the last guy is Harry Kane. He's home to Brentford, and it's the early kickoff. So, again, if I was going to make a decision on any of these players, I think it would be, would I bring in Rashford for either Salah or Kane in game week 35? Now, I'm going to have to keep an eye on whether or not hear any more news that Rashford's starting but I don't think I'm going to know whether Rashford's starting before Kane because Kane is the early kickoff so again I'm leaning towards keeping Salah, Kane and Trent for game week 35 even though they are only single game week players which probably has gone what against what I've said for most of this season but it's, it's a tough tough decision and I, I I'm going to stick. I think I'm going to stick with Trent, Salah and Kane game week 35. Even though Rashford could play twice. Even though like a Diaz could play twice. Or even an Alvarez maybe. I think Salah or Kane could 
get a brace, could get a hat-trick in one of these games. So I think overall, my decision with this team is going to be, unless information changes, keep Salah, Kane and Trent for one more week in game week 35. Bet against the double game weekers. And then make all three changes in game week 36. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty adamant that I will make that change in game week 36. Game week 36 comes around. Probably going to go for another City defender. Because they play three times versus Alexander-Arnold playing once. And then maybe bring in Alvarez. And then maybe bring in Rashford for Salah and Kane. Hopefully a three for one on Alvarez. Might be a two and a half. Or even a one with a few sub appearances. And then Rashford in for two fixtures, which even that City game is going to be a tough fixture. But I think I'll be making Trent, Salah, Kane out for Diaz, Rashford and Alvarez on game week 36. I think I'm going to have to sit on my hands for one more week. I'll have one transfer left over to last me. And I think I'll just keep that one floating around just in case there are any emergencies that pop up, any injuries. Then on to my second best team then. So this one got 104 points for the game week. Getting rewarded for that pretty much full City team. I've got Salah there. Other than Salah, I've got Edison, Akanji, Diaz, Stones, Bruyne, Amares, Grealish, Foden, Salah, Alvarez and Haaland. So pretty much full City. 104 points. Two clean sheets this game week. And the total points on this one is 2,432 and it's gone from 1.7k to 1.3k. I have two transfers left in this one. Um, I don't really care too much about this team. It's not in any mini leagues. I can take a few more risks. So just to make me feel a little bit better, I'm going to take Salah straight out for Rashford this week. Um, and I'll leave that one remaining transfer to protect me from any injuries. I normally do just do the two teams in these videos. But there's one other team that I want to share with you. It's the last month of the season. I really want to win that PS5. There's a monthly prize, if you didn't know, for the best team of the month. If you come first overall for the month, you win a PS5. I'm currently in 14th place for this month with this team. Um, I've got 140 points this game week. Edison got 16, Diaz got 15, Akanji got 21, and Kieran Trippier got 6 points with his 2 assists. Had gunned 1 for his 22-point haul, Jack Grealish for 2 points, De Bruyne for 7 points, and Mares for 5 points. Haaland got me 11, Callum Wilson got me a massive 27 points, and Alvarez up front got me 8 points. So 140 points, that puts me 14th in the world with this team. Um, and I'm 21 points off first place. So hopefully I can get that PS5 in the bag and then clear off for the season. Play that PS5 all summer and then be back in time for the next season. I won't be sharing any more details on my next moves. You don't know who's watching. First place you could be watching or all the way up to 14th place you could be watching. So I'm not going to share any of these moves. This is my PS5 team. Need to get it done this month. Um, but yeah. Right up there in 14th at this point. That is everything for this episode of the Dream Team Professor podcast. So thank you very much for watching this episode. And also thank you very much for watching throughout the season if you've been with us that whole time. Or if not, thanks for watching anyway. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the channel already, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Like I said, we're going to have some content coming out throughout the summer. 
in preparation for the new season and then you'll be able to follow the whole way through next season as well so thanks for coming along for the journey and also if you're looking for a bit more extra content um go over to the dream team tonic podcast i joined them last weekend for one of their episodes and they'll have another episode coming this weekend so that is everything for this episode that is everything for this season thank you very much for watching and we'll see you next season goodbye Sports Social Podcast Network.